Good morning, everybody. Pray that everybody is blessed and well. Pray that the blessings of the Lord are upon you this morning. Pray that you are strengthened and encouraged of God during this holiday season. I want to wish to some of you belated Merry Christmas and for what's coming, a Happy New Year. I praise God for you. I thank you for joining us this morning. Pray God's strength and encouragement upon you and your family. Can I pray with you this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for those who have joined us. Lord, we thank you for life, health, and strength. Lord, we thank you. Lord, for your purpose. Lord, we thank you for your consideration. What is man, Lord, that you are mindful of him or that you consider us? Lord, we thank you that even through a turbulent year, we have made it thus far. And it's only by your hand. It's only by your grace and your mercies, which are new every morning. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us, even when we're not faithful to you. Lord, we ask this morning as we shall encounter your word, help your word to correct us and strengthen us and lead us in the path that you would have us to go, that we might be in line with your purpose. And Lord, that we might also run headlong into the favor and blessings that you have declared over our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, I say to you, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and an impending new year. I look forward to this time of year. It's a time of great promise. It's just an, um, and it's just on the precipice of what God has for us. A new year is coming, a new beginning, a new opportunity. And I'm thankful to God for what he has allowed us to experience, what he's allowed us to see. And most of all, for him giving us the strength to endure it all. Praise God for his strength. We're going to the word quickly in a few moments. If you will join us, we will be in John 11. A familiar passage, a familiar story for many of you. But I thought it was appropriate to close out the year of 2020. We're going to talk about the idea or the concept of qualified immunity. Qualified immunity. While you're, why don't you hashtag that in the comments? And while you're doing that, go ahead and tag somebody into this message. Tag somebody into this stream. Just type their name in the comments and invite them to share with us for the next few moments as we talk about qualified immunity. We're going to talk to you today about it in the context of Lazarus. Many of us are familiar with the entire story. We're going to share a portion of it for our purposes on this morning. When you talk about qualified immunity, you're talking about something that you've been through, something that you've acquired, something that you've worked for, even something that you've been appointed to that shields you from certain things, that prevents you from certain harms. And I think if there's ever been a year where we've gone through something that qualifies us from some immunity, qualifies us to be shielded from certain things. It seems like it would be 2020. If you'll join us, join us in the word there. Again, that's John chapter 11, and we're going to start our reading at verse 38. John 11:38 reads, Then Jesus, deeply moved, 
Notice it says he's deeply moved. Jesus, deeply moved, again came to the tomb. And it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. To fill in for some of you from, from our story, some of you are not familiar with the story of Lazarus. But Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Jesus and Lazarus, they were friends. Jesus thought a lot of Lazarus. He thought so much of him that he visited, often visited his home. We're familiar with Jesus in many instances with Mary and Martha. It wasn't just his relationship with Lazarus, but it was his relationship with the whole family. So when he gets there, and remember, for those of you who are more familiar with the story, he had been informed that Lazarus was sick, but yet he stayed where he was. And he stayed there so long that then another messenger came along and said, your friend Lazarus is dead. When we encounter Jesus here in John 11 and 38, Lazarus has now died and has been dead for four days. Earlier in the text, we see there in John 11 35 that Jesus himself, he wept. He cried over the death of his friend. He was moved over his friend's death. So here back to our text in John eleven thirty eight, Jesus deeply moved again. That's why it says again, he had already cried. But it says he's deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. It says, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. In the King James Version, it says, loose him and let him go. Jesus performs the miraculous for his friend. He raises him from the dead. When I begin to think about that in the year 2020, I begin to think comically of the idea that we think you think you've been through something in 2020. You think you've had a rough year. I think Lazarus story can always trump anyone else's. If you think you had a bad year, Lazarus will say, yeah, well, let me tell you about the year that I died. Let me tell you about the year that I spent four days in the grave. I believe anything that we've experienced falls short of the experience of Lazarus. In a way, Lazarus ordeal shielded him from certain things. If I feel not, if not physically, but in his, if, at least in his mind, what can be greater than the fear of death? What can be greater than experiencing death? Anything else had to be small to Lazarus by comparison. 
Yes, he may get sick. Yes, he may get ill. Yes, he may contract a virus. Yes, he may go through pain and discomfort. But in the back of his mind, he's reminded of the fact that I've been dead. And yet, I still live. Some of you out there, you feel close to this story of Lazarus. Your doctor gave you a death sentence. <laughs> I know we have some, even at Bright Temple, they, you've gotten a, a message. The doctor gave you news and he told you it was cancer. He told you it was inoperable. He told you it didn't look good. Some, for some, even he put a timetable on your life. Somebody out there, you've experienced this, but yet you're still here. Somebody who that testimony is meaningful, just hashtag that. I am still here. I am still here. 2020 has definitely waited and put a lot of pressure on many people. I am still here. 2020 has taken not only a physical, but an emotional toil on so many people. I am still here. Some have been touched by the virus. Some have been blessed not to have been touched. To each of you who are listening to me, your testimony can still be the same. I am still here. 2020 has certainly taken an emotional toil on all of us. I've heard many people say that 2020 seems like it's 10 years long. That's the emotional weight and the toil that it places on your mind and your emotions on your spirit. But despite that, I am still here. I am still living. I am still breathing. I still have purpose. I am still here. I don't want you to, I don't want you to lose that testimony. But I am still here. I don't want you to lose that. I watched, my family and I, we recently watched a movie, a Disney movie called Soul. It's a great movie. I encourage many of you to watch it. Not going to give away the plot of the movie. But one of the messages that was innate in that movie, one of the messages that went through the whole movie was appreciating why you're still here. Thank God that I'm still here. Have I accomplished everything that I wish to have accomplished by now? No, but I'm still here. Have I lived error free? Have I, have I not made any mistakes? No, I've made many mistakes, but I am still here. The beautiful thing about being here is that though I've made mistakes, God has given me another chance to be better giving me a chance to improve, giving me a chance to touch somebody in a positive way. I know many of us have touched people in negative ways and we're embarrassed by our past, but yet you're still here. You have an opportunity to shine the light of Jesus Christ into someone else's life. Thank God I am still here. I notice in the text here, with Jesus and Lazarus. Jesus is toiling, he's grieving. He's filled with emotion, but yet in the middle of his emotion, he still understands that he has a purpose. And I know the emotional toil of 2020 has been much, but in the middle of that emotion, 
in the middle of that trial, don't forget you yet have a purpose. I wanted to break down what we've talked about our topic. We said qualified immunity. I wanted to break that down a little bit and then I'll be through. Hopefully we'll share something that'll be a blessing to you. When it says qualified, qualified breaks down into who you know, who you know. And when we talk about who you know, we're not talking about politicians. We're not talking about actors or famous people. We're talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, that's who we know. And because of our knowledge of him, that is what makes us special. It talks about this in the story of Lazarus. Jesus ultimately tells him, the people, to let him go. When we talk about letting him go, that's talking about being unbound. Are you ready to live life unbound? Are you ready to live life unbound? Are you ready to live life without limitations? Part of that is the qualifications of understanding who you are in Jesus Christ. It's who you know. I'm not special because of who I am. If I am special at all, it's because of who I know and who lives in me. For greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Being qualified is about who you know, and praise God, we know Jesus Christ. It's not only about who you know, but it's also about what you've been through. What you've been through is important. Never lose the lesson of your storm. Never lose the lesson of your trial. What you've been through is valuable. That's help. That helps to qualify you. That helps to put you in the position that God desires you to be in to minister to other people. Songwriter said, if I never had a problem, how would I know that God could solve me? It would be difficult for me to minister to you and tell you about how wonderful God is if I had never experienced trials for myself. I can only testify of God's goodness with such confidence because I've seen him operate in my own life. My qualifications are not only about who I know in knowing God, but also in my trials and what I've been through. The final thing we talk about in qualification is we have to understand what is our function. Why does God have us here? It's a question you ought to ask yourself. Why am I here? Why does God desire me to be here? In the middle of that, as I made reference to the movie, one of the things that it talks about is not only understanding your function, understanding your purpose, but don't forgive to forget to live life in between. So many of us, our lives are on pause, and we talked about it this the last couple of weeks. We talked about unpausing your purpose. Don't live life on pause because you have not achieved that which you desire. Don't live life on pause. Don't wait to live life when you get your job that you've been wanting. Don't wait to live and enjoy life when you're married or have children. Don't wait to live and enjoy life after you overcome your storms, after you overcome your illnesses. Don't wait and live life after you've lost the weight you wanted to lose or you've bought the car that you wanted to buy. 
Don't wait to live life till after you move to the city that you want to live in and you want to live in your forever home. Don't don't wait to live life. I heard somebody say life is what happens while we're yet making plans. While you're in the middle of making plans, life is still happening. Don't forgive, forget to live life in between. It reminds me I was on a certain job and there was some reorganization that was occurring at the top of that job. People above me were reorganizing and they were doing some different things in the administration. And they and I asked them about a process. I asked them about a plan. I said, what is our process for this? And they said, we haven't developed it yet. And I told them while you're developing, while you're waiting to develop that, we still have children and they're still coming. They're coming whether you have a plan or a process or not. The same is with our life. While we're busy making plans, while we're still developing processes, while we're still learning on the fly, life is yet happening. Don't forget to live a life in between your plans. Don't forget to live life in between the fulfillment of your dreams. Don't forget to live life while you're yet pursuing your purpose. I talked about being qualified, but now let me talk about for a few moments about immunity. There are four types of immunity. One type of immunity is artificial. It's when you like when the vaccine for coronavirus, that is artificial immunity. One thing about it is it doesn't last as long. The antibodies produced by the vaccine, they're not permanent because it is an artificial process. What I glean from that is you can't live life based on someone else's experiences. You can't live life based on somebody else's trials. You're going to have to go through some things for yourself. It reminds me of my grandmother, praise God for my grandmother, Dorothy Crispin, 92 years old. She was going through a, a medical procedure, but before she went through it, somebody called her and said, girl, I heard somebody such and such died from that. First of all, I was wondering why anybody would call and say such a thing to her right before she went through the procedure. But she had to make a choice based on herself, not on somebody else's circumstances, not based on somebody else's testimony or trial. She had to do it for herself. When we're talking about immunity, if it's artificial, it won't last. And for us as Christians, the Bible says you have to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Nobody else can transmit to you salvation, but you have to seek it for yourself. Another type of immunity that is discussed, we talked about artificial immunity. But another type of immunity is called passive immunity. You get it from someone else's antibodies. Doesn't last as long either. Think of a mother who has just given birth to a child. Many of you know this, but for a child that has just been birthed, a mother, she passes her antibodies so the child immediately doesn't have to be vaccinated as soon as the child is born because the child is still working off of his mother's antibodies. It's passive, it was passed along to the child. Many of us spiritually, we have spiritual mothers and fathers and we have so many close family members who have 
been a blessing, who've touched us, who've prayed over our lives. When I think of passive immunity, I think of a covering. Sometimes they cover you and you benefit from that covering. I praise God that before I became a pastor, I was an assistant pastor. And one of the things that I love about being an assistant pastor is that I was covered by my pastor. There are certain things that I did. And even if I made a mistake, he would cover for me. Praise God for that covering. That was my, he was my pastor. He's also my father-in-law, Superintendent Joseph Fisher. My covering for seven years. There are many things that he entrusted me to do, but if they went wrong or even if I performed poorly, as pastor, he was my covering. He could help compensate for my mistake. But at some point, you lose your covering. As a passive, at some point, you have to gather that strength for yourself. And some of you have been under a covering. You've been blessed by a family member. You've been blessed in the church. But at some point, you have to step out for yourself. You will not be judged in heaven by what your family members did, but only by what you've done. You have to develop a strong relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself to be entitled to such qualified immunity as which we speak. For God to construct that hedge about you, you must develop that relationship like Job, that though he slay me yet, will I trust him. All my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. We talked about artificial immunity. We talked about passive immunity. Now I want to talk to you about natural immunity. Natural immunity. Natural immunity is what you gather from your storm. And it's more long lasting. These are the antibodies. For example, if someone were to develop the coronavirus after they developed it and after they've been through it and after they've gone over, gotten over it, they develop natural antibodies to fight against the virus. Now, we found lately that that is not permanent. Again, of the ones I've mentioned, none of them are permanent. I think they say it lasts about 90 days. In that time, they cannot contract the virus again because they have developed natural antibodies because of what they've been through. And I want to let you know, in your life, just like Lazarus, you're inoculated against certain things because of the storms and trials that you've been through. Even mentally and emotionally, Lazarus could not have feared anything. What could Lazarus have possibly feared after being raised from the dead? His emotions, his mind, his spirit was inoculated from anything bringing him down because of what he had been through. He went through something so traumatic and disturbing, but yet he came out on top. So in his mind and in his heart, he had to feel invincible because of what he'd been through. If I've been through this, God knows I can get through anything else. A songwriter said he didn't, I praise God that he didn't bring me this far to leave me. He's brought me too far for me not to trust him to take me all of the way. Thank God for natural immunity. Thank God from being protected based on the storms that we've been through. I want to talk about a final one and then I'm finished. The final type of immunity, we talked about artificial immunity. We talked about passive immunity. We talked about natural immunity. 
We said artificial is when someone gives it to you. Passive, artificial, when they develop the vaccine. Someone passes it along to you. It does not last long. Passive immunity is like when you get it from your mother. It'll last for a while, but at some point, you have to develop it for yourself. We talked about natural immunity is when it's through your storm, the trial you've been through, having contracted it and gotten through it. It lasts longer, it's natural, but just praise God that he constructs a hedge based on your storm. Just know that what you've been through has protected you from something else. Can I put a pen right there and share this? We're talking about, there was a story of a man who was talking about, he was trying to get out of the house one day. He was trying to leave, but it seems like everything went wrong before he could leave the house. The electricity had gone out the night before, so his alarm clock didn't go off on time. So he woke up late. It took a long time for the water to heat up for him to take a shower that morning. He went downstairs for his breakfast, but then he burned his toast. He burned his breakfast and then he had to start all over again. He's beginning to step out of the house. And as he steps out, he forgot his lunch. So he has to go back in and pack his lunch. Gets to the car and the car won't start. He has to sit and prime and pump the car before it even starts. Finally, the car starts and he's on his way. And as he's on his way, he passes an area of the highway where there's a big car pileup. Emergency personnel are on the scene. There has been a death that has occurred on the highway. At that moment, he realized all the delays and all of the things that he went through that that morning protected him and preserved his life. I want you to understand what you're going through. It inoculates you. It protects you. It provides immunity from so many other things that could be so much more harmful and detrimental to your purpose. The final type of immunity is called active immunity. That means you naturally have developed the antibodies even without going through the trial. And it protects you. You're immune having done nothing. It's something on the inside that is protecting you from that trial. And I want you to know, I praise God that there's something on the inside of me that has protected me from so much. And it's not me. It's not my genes. It's not my parents. It's not where I'm from, but it's only by the grace and mercy of God. But for God, what else would I have suffered? But for God, what else would we have gone through? But for God, would we even be here? What are the trials that God has protected us from? Saints used to pray, thank God for protecting me from danger seen and unseen. There are so many things that we praise God for, for what we've seen. But it's difficult to even imagine and conceive how we should praise God for the things we have not seen. Things that came against us that we were unaware of. Things that came against us that we do not know. But yet God inoculated us against it. He provided qualified immunity to protect us from things that we did not see. No weapon 
no weapon which is formed against you shall prosper. God has protected us and praise be to God for the things that we have seen. And God, right now, we praise you for the things that you protected us from that we did not see. Thank God for qualified immunity. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for protecting us even when we don't see it. Thank you for constructing a hedge, Lord, that we don't see and that we don't understand. Thank you, Lord, for being considerate and mindful of us, even when we're not considerate and mindful of you. And Lord, even in some low moments, when we're not even considerate and mindful of our own selves. We don't know what we should do. And often, Lord, we don't even know how to pray. But Lord, thank you for your spirit interceding on our behalf. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for your hedge. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, thank you for your mercies, which are new every morning. Lord, during this season, we're not going to ask for anything today. We're just going to be thankful for that which you've already done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I pray that something that we've shared has been a blessing to you. I pray that you're encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard on today. And do something for me. If you haven't done it already, share this word with somebody else. Share them how with share someone with someone how you've been blessed and touched by this word. And I pray for this year and for the year to come that you live blessed, that you live with expectation, that you live with hope and live appreciating the qualified immunity that God has extended to us. Be blessed. inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line and in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.